Welcome to Theory and Crime, the podcast where we talk about anything from true crime to the paranormal. This is Sierra, and I'm here with my co-host, Ethan. Hi, guys. Back again. So, Alex will be joining us soon. I don't know if it'll be next week or, you know, in two weeks um, or not. He, like, like I said before, he's got a big test he's been studying for, so if everyone can just wish him luck on that. And we're pushing this out the same day as we're recording it. Uh, we apologize for the delay. Yes. But uh, I have started a new, very stressful job. And um, we both, of course, work full time. So we're d- trying to get this out now. Yeah. So I, I apologize for the delay. Um, so today we'll be talking about Fred and Rosemary West. Um, the two of them are... I mean, it's pretty obvious there are a couple that murdered people. These are some of my favorite cases. These, like, couple killers. I don't know why. They just fascinate me. Well, the fact that two unrelated people managed to meet up and both be crazy enough to do this shit. Yeah. It's pretty fascinating. It is. So, I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into it. Um, There's not a whole lot of shit I have to say before. Right? Do you have anything? No. Okay. I'm just making sure. So, I particularly want to talk about Rosemary because when everyone talks about Fred and Rosemary, everyone always talks about Fred. Yeah, whenever you uh, search Fred and Rosemary West, just his specific Wikipedia page comes up first. Right. And you have to, like, search her out. Yeah. Um... Fred is a creep, and... You can tell from the pictures. <laughs> he looks like a creep, yeah. So, I want to talk about Rosemary. I think there's a lot... <laughs> I'm trying to think of the way of a good way to say this. Like, she went through a lot in her childhood and teenage years that I understand why she went crazy. But that doesn't excuse anything, you know? Yeah. You know... We have to have personal accountability in this world. Right. So like, exactly. There has to be a limit to what you can chalk up to a bad childhood. Right. But. But. Yeah. I mean, we do see, it is really common to see, especially in serial killers, to have a shitty childhood. You know, being abused or um, molested or, you know, whatever it may be. Or even like birth defects, you know. Not necessarily defects, but. Like, troubled pregnancies. Yeah. High-risk pregnancies. That's the word I'm looking for. Jesus Christ. Starting off strong. (laughs) So, Rosemary was born um, in Devon, England. Her parents. So, this is why I say the thing about the birth defects. So, her mom suffered from depression and was giving electroconvulsive therapy while pregnant. Okay. And... We don't, I don't really know what the science is behind that. Um, I don't know if we know that that can cause harm, but they, there's of course speculation that that caused some harm to Rosemary. 
Yeah, do we know what the science is there? I, I don't. Okay. I would assume that that's something that you shouldn't do while pregnant. Right, because... Even though there is scientific backing for... ECT. ECT. Yeah. Nowadays. And which is so funny to me because it sounds so barbaric. Right. And you'd think that'd be something we abandoned, but then we actually found out it, it kind of works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's like finding out leeches actually worked. You right. Know, it's one of those things. It seems so barbaric, but we're still doing it. Right. So if anyone knows, um, like, let me know because to me, it makes sense that it would be bad for the baby. Because he basically sends your body into a seizure. Yeah. But we're also not doctors. Right. So no, we don't know what yet. the repercussions are of that. <laughs> so they say that Rosemary grew up to be moody, but she was also prone to daydreaming and did pretty poorly in school. When she lived with her mom and then her dad, so she, it, it, her dad pretty often sexually abused her um, as well as physically abusing her is what my, I get from this. She would, I don't really want to go into any of the, that, sorry. (laughs) So, okay, let's, let me jump into this, this where she meets Fred because this is when she's a teenager and there's a lot of sexual stuff we just skipped over. Well, I, I don't... Like, grotesque. Yeah, and I don't feel like it adds anything. With her father. I will, I will just to paint a picture without going into too much of the detail. Um, because I mainly looked up Fred whenever I was doing my research. And uh, I, I didn't know much about her personal history with her father. Mm-hmm. So this was shocking and surprising to me. Um, to spoil a little bit of what happens later, Rose... Uh, uh, ends up prostituting herself um and th- when her father found out about it he would come and pay her to have sex yeah so that if that tells you a little bit about what that relationship was but um and, and some of the stuff that we decided to skip over just you know for peace of mind there's also um, some speculation that rose's first child is her father's okay but seeing that line in my research not knowing that he was a sexual abuser he, it seemed like because he he wa- he didn't want her to be with fred right and but then eventually like begrudgingly respected fred and they like even opened a business together that was short-lived yeah um but then just like my research just showed me this random line that suddenly said like he found out Rose, you know, was was doing sex work and and then it just like so nonchalantly says and then he started coming and was a client, like her own yeah. father. So I didn't know any of the sexual abuse, so I was like, What the hell? What is this family? What is going on? Like I right. thought Fred was the psych- like Fred was the psycho and then she just like bought into it. I didn't know like her whole her whole fucking family is also insane right like the fact that two clinically insane people met one another it's it's unbelievable yeah so when rose was 15 she met fred who at the time was 27 yeah could My you age yeah I was, I was gonna say can you imagine Ugh. that was disgusting so they met at a bus stop um basically like, to sum up the first little bit of their relationship, um, Fred would ask Rose out. Rose would say no. It happened a couple times. Um, Rose worked at a bread shop. 
and Fred had a lady taking a gift, I don't know what this gift was, um, but into the bread shop and say like, oh, the man outside wanted me to give this to you. And then Fred came inside and asked her on a date. She said yes. So she kind of hid it from her parents for a little bit and then eventually let Fred meet her family. Of course, her parents hated it. This is an adult man dating their teenage daughter. Yeah. So even though her family's fucked up and weird anyway... You can still, like, know that that's super yeah, fucked up. Yeah, I understand that that's yeah. weird. So... You gotta keep it in the family at least, right? Oh, God. That was a shitty joke. <laughs> I so, mean, it's just the, the hypocrisy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's interesting. I read that uh, Fred noted that she she said that she had never had a boyfriend, but that he, he noted that she was openly promiscuous. Yeah. Used that word. Yeah. So, apparently, she was... I don't know what that means. Like, I guess she was just horny. <laughs> I don't know. But she had never actually been with anybody outside of her father, I guess. Right. <laughs> Which is... Yeah. Which is all grooming. Like, because she didn't see what was going on as being necessarily a bad thing. It's because she was groomed. Well, it's like Stockholm, sort of, right? Like, it's like, you know, you only... If if the terribleness is the normal... Is normal then that is what life is. So right. it seems less terrible. Right. right. <laughs> and and eventually she starts caring for Fred's two daughters full time and leaves the bread shop. Okay. And she encourages Fred to sexually abuse one of his daughters. Yeah. So she, she feels like this is just what, what happens. Right. And, and is, is this Anne, Anne Marie? I read a little bit about yes. Anne Marie. Yeah, because uh, during one of the, the I, I'm assuming the first instance of sexual abuse from Fred, uh, Rose actually like told Anna like it was going to be okay. This is just what fathers do to their girls. Everyone does it and right. don't tell anybody. Which, so even though it's okay, still don't tell anyone. Right. You know. Right. It's Rose, so clearly not okay. Right. And with, with Anna Marie, Rose also forced her into sex work. Yeah. And she, Rose told her she was a lucky girl, in quotes, yeah. for getting to do so. Which, so, Rose's dad started sexually abusing her when she was 13. Mm-hmm. She started dating Fred when she was 15. Yeah. And... She continued to have sex with her dad for quite a while while Fred watched. Like, Fred watched all of her clients, you know? That's the crazy thing about this abuse is that she seems almost okay with it. Like, it goes beyond Mm -hmm. Stockholm. Like, you know, most people are still traumatized, even though it may be subconscious. Um, but they just go along with it because that's what normal is. But she seems to be actively okay with what's happening. Right. It was very bizarre. So Rose mothered eight children. Five of those were Fred's. Yeah. And then the other the others were at least assuming aren't Fred's. They're clients. Right. Yeah. And then one of them is thought to have potentially been her father's. Mother. And Fred would tell uh, a couple of them that their great grandmother was black in order to excuse away that they had darker skin than their siblings. Right. Which is which is weird. This is also the seventies, so I guess. Yeah, there probably wasn't as much which I don't know what it was like over in England, but there there probably weren't as many like 
interracial couples. Right. And in their case, there probably weren't as many um, adoptions of of a different race than what you yeah. what you were. It could be. Um, because from what I understand of, of British uh, history, like they were definitely more progressive, quicker to move to progressivism than America was. Right. But they um, kind of followed our same track of, of awful shit that happened. So there, right. there was still racism over there too. So. So you don't see that many couples that murder. Yeah. Right. In this case, we have Fred who murdered two people before it's assumed he murdered two people before his association with Rose. Okay. You have Rose who single-handedly murdered Fred's daughter. Yeah. While he was locked up. Right. And then the two of them also sexually assaulted and murdered people together. Yeah. It's just a weird combo, you know? Yeah, the world was worse off that these two people randomly met right. at a bus stop. Like, you know, you see these, like, meet-cute movies where people meet at a bus stop or whatever. Right. Or a train station and whatnot. And then, like, they go on to, like, this beautiful, happy relationship. But in this case, it led to uh, the sexual trauma of numerous children and the deaths of 12 people. Right. So, just the random awfulness of the universe. <laughs> right. So, after Rose killed his daughter, Fred, when he got out of jail, actually buried her. Yeah. So, he clearly didn't care. Right. And then, when the girl's mom came to try to get the daughter, they killed the mom as well. I didn't know that part. <laughs> yeah. How many years was this over the course of? So that's my question, because the, a majority of their crimes spanned between April of seventy three to August of seventy nine. So that, we're looking at that's a lot of years that like people six, are missing. And, six and a half years. Yeah, and there seems to be no question of what's going on. Right. So I mean, when they when they're murdering <laughs> their their own kids, they they're making up lies. Yeah, and they had a big stock of children to go through. Right. She wrote, sorry, Rosemary. I can't just say she because now we're talking about multiple girls. Yeah. Um, Rosemary committed a murder of Shirley Robinson, who Fred told his appropriate adult that. So, an appropriate adult is a thing in England law. It's basically like a parent, guardian, or like a social worker. Okay. Um, took me a minute to figure out what the fuck that meant. But basically, it's his social worker. And he had told Janet, the, the appropriate adult, that Rose murdered her Robinson and had assisted in her dismemberment, personally removing her fetus from her womb. Yeah. Which I think, like, killing somebody is super fucked up. Right? Super mm-hmm. fucked up. Removing somebody's fetus from their womb... Is like one of the most fucked up things that I can like imagine. Yeah, and I'm not even a big fan of kids, <laughs> but that's just a that's gross, and it just like hurts my heart. You know, I mean, the baby's likely not gonna make it if the mother's you know been murdered and is not not gotten out in a soon enough time. Like, yeah, I'm not but, sure what the time frame is for that, but yeah, the baby very quickly dies. But I just think there's there's something something about 
them removing the fetus from the womb makes me like makes my skin crawl. Yeah, I mean it's basically a back alley abortion. Except she just was murdered. Yeah, she was already dead. <laughs> and Fred, uh, and who Sorry. did this? Who removed the fetus? Was it Rose? Yes. Okay, because later on, Fred like stated that he was a skilled abortionist and uh, told uh, Caroline Owens, uh, the children's nanny, mm-hmm. told told her that he could perform an abortion for her at any time if she needed the service. It's a weird thing to just tell somebody. Yeah. <laughs> hey, just so you know, if you ever need an abortion, just come to me. Yeah. It's just a weird thing to say. Um, but it's a weird dude, so. Weird couple. Yeah. So one of the other bodies that were found at their house was their daughter, Heather, who was murdered at the age of 16 after being abused by her parents. So her dismembered body was placed under the family's patio. And the abuse was described by younger siblings. I don't really want to go into that because that can be super triggering and I don't want to get into that. This whole fucking story is... Well, yeah, but... like uh, Everything that, is terrible. But but to get away away with this for six years, or this wasn't quite six years. This would have been... Yeah. The West told friends and family members that Heather had left home to go work at, Devon, at a Devonshire holiday village. And they even, like, went, went through the effort to fabricate a phone call. Wow. Because... Of course, like her siblings are getting, you know, are wondering where their sister's at. Yeah. And they all ended up buried in the basement, right? Under the patio. Under or the, the patio or in the basement. Yeah. All the victims. And they are mostly young women. Right. Uh, so they had a type. And what was amazing is that Rosemary would encourage Fred in the rapes. Yeah. She enjoyed watching it. Yeah. And she, and she was such a sexual creature that she would joke that no man or woman could ever satisfy her. Right. And uh, she... It's a sad life. I think that she is the closet psycho of the group. Like, Fred, of course, is crazy. I'm not diminishing it. Mm-hmm. But, like, even before or even besides the murders... And the sexual assaults, like she in in her sex work, she would start getting increasingly brutal right. with her clients, right? To the point where, like, even with the women, she would like mock them and say, "Like, are you not woman enough to handle this?" Right. As she was like brutally hurting them. So I mean, it's amazing that she kept a clientele, <laughs> right? So one thing that Fred would always say to the kids, and this is like the grossest thing I've ever heard in my fucking life, because, you know, this whole this whole story, like, just fucks my world up. Yeah, I did not enjoy reading about this. But Fred would... There's a reason I'm not on this show with you and Alex, because <laughs> I do not like this stuff. <laughs> but Fred would taunt the kids and say, like, by jokingly, I'm putting this in quotes, jokingly saying that... You know, if you don't behave, you'll end up under the patio like Heather. And they didn't know that she was actually married there. Right. Right. Yeah. So, good God. Can you imagine being like, is this real? Is he serious? Right. Oh, Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Two of them ended up actually running away from home. And 
basically they they were sick of like living on the street and yeah. came back home and got brutally beaten yeah for for daring to run away right but i would i mean if i knew that my siblings were getting killed and raped i mean and not just my siblings but outsiders yeah getting brought into the house and this happening yeah i would rather sleep in a ditch than be in that house right it's unbelievable i mean because it's then it's only a matter of time until it's you yeah exactly and who knows if it's going to be the sexual assaults or if it's going to be just straight up getting murdered yeah I'm not ready for either one. Yeah, which is worse. <laughs> right. <laughs> neither neither is a good option, and you're probably going to get both, honestly. Right. Exactly. So, in August of 92, Fred West was arrested after being accused of raping his 13-year-old daughter three times, and Rosemary was arrested for child cruelty. The case against them collapsed. Yeah. Um, and their, because their daughter refused to testify in court. And then they walked free they basically both got like a 50 pound fine right right yeah and um all their their younger children are removed from their custody to foster homes but that brings to light where the fuck is heather yeah where is their daughter that has not been seen since 1987 put them in the spotlight so this this disappearance of heather you know and and all of the children being removed from the home triggered this major investigation so (laughs) due to that police found human remains and apparent signs of torture in their home rose and fred were again arrested in 94 during their trial rosemary denied murdering any of the victims and proceeded to tell the jury how fred committed all these crimes himself and she had nothing to do with it and she even claimed that she tried to stop one of the sexual assaults. <laughs> this is one. Uh, this is what I'm saying. She was the crazier of the two. Yeah. <laughs> um, th- this drove Fred into a terrible depression. Yeah. It should be noted. Um, so it seems that he does have some human emotion. Fred ended up hanging himself, um, awaiting trial. And he left a suicide note. Do you have that? I'm pulling it up now. Okay. Um, so. There's a, just a lot to this. Whole. Yeah, no, there is. So, Rosemary continued to profess ignorance of her husband's activity, murderous activities, I should say. But with the circumstantial evidence that mounted against them, it was considered sufficient to prosecute her for 10 of the murders. Those are the bodies that were found at their home. And then the one of Fred's daughter. Fred was charged with two further murders committed during the 60s before his association with Rosemary. So they actually got him for those. That's interesting. Right. And then, so that's when, that's when Fred committed suicide in January, January 1st of 1995. And then Rosemary went on trial at the Winchester Crown Court in October of 95. The jury's verdict was unanimous, and on November 22nd of 1995, Rosemary was found guilty of 10 murders. The judge, Mr. Justice Mantell, sentenced her to life imprisonment. And then the Lord Chief Justice later decided that she should spend at least 25 years in prison. But then in July of 97, Home Secretary Jack Straw said that West was getting a whole life tariff. And that is only, that was the second time that a woman 
had received a life tariff in Britain in modern times. Interesting, yeah. Um, The first one was... No possibility of parole either. Right. The first one was Myra Henley, and I don't know if you know that name, but she um, was a part of the Moore murders. Moore murders? Moore murders? Moore's murders. Okay, Okay, so I found the suicide note. So uh, he hung himself in a cell with an improvised rope that he had made from a blanket and tags he had stolen from the prison laundry room. Um, And he bound the device to a door handle and a window and sunk to his knees. And they don't say hung himself because he kind of wasn't hanging. He just asphyxiated himself. I can hardly say that word. Um, so at the su- su- on the suicide note, at the bottom was a drawing of a gravestone. And in the gravestone was written the words, In loving memory, Fred West, Rose West, rest in peace where no shadows falls. In perfect peace he waits for Rose, his wife. Oh. Yeah. So I wonder if they had, like, planned to both kill themselves. It doesn't seem like it, because it, because it says here that um, basically it was due to Rose, like, diverting the blame to him. And he, uh, apparently, at least he thought, he truly loved her. And so... In the beginning, he had confessed. He had confessed to at least some of the crimes, mm-hmm. but after she was diverting all the culpability to him, he started accusing her of, of all of it too. So they are turning on each so other. So basically, they were just like, "No, you did it." Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they just completely turn on each other, and she seems to have no like remorse at all. But, right. But he, which I'm not saying he had remorse for what they did, but um, he was losing. A woman, it seems like he truly loved, as twisted as the love was. Right. Um, so, so yeah, it doesn't seem like there was any sort of plan. It's almost like a, like... Are you going to say Harley Quinn is Yes, Joker? I am. Yeah. <laughs> How they're just both super toxic people and aren't good for each other and should never be together. At least they weren't with anyone else. At least they were together. I don't know. Like, I... I tried to say how terrible it was that they met them met each other, but can you imagine like two, an innocent woman and an innocent man meeting these two, right, and falling in love? I mean, it could have been more murders that way. Maybe, you know. Yeah. So that is a very summed up version. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, I just don't have the <laughs> knowledge and expertise. <laughs> There's a reason that I'm not usually on this podcast. So hopefully once Alex gets back, you guys will be able to get much more information. Yeah. I mean, and we, and we can always do a follow-up. Yeah. Um, and uh, Alex, I'm sure, is very, very interested in this case. I know that... Um, yeah, he likes fucked up ones. Yeah, and this is very fucked up. <laughs> so I'm sure once he gets back, there'll be a follow-up episode going more in-depth. So Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we're sorry it's a short one, and sorry we're late, but just Alex's big life changes, and our big life changes, yeah. have uh, really just... Thrown things into turmoil. Unfortunately, we can't do this full time. Uh, yet. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, <laughs> um, if you if you guys would like to support us, we do have a Patreon. We have a few different levels that you can support us at and get different things for. There's quite a few uh, mini-sodes and behind-the-scenes already up there if you join up. Um, and then if you 
can give it $20 a month. You get a video conference with Alex and myself and maybe even Ethan. Um, <laughs> also, um, it's been noted on the, this is only for one person, but we're just going to blast it out into the airwaves. It's been noted on the Patreon that we, we recognize that we, there, there were some technical difficulties and we missed uh, last month's. content um we've uploaded this month's content so that's there for you um for the one patron and anyone else who decides to join up um and also uh we're having some more technical difficulty and we're trying to get that last month's stuff up so we're going to get that up for you as soon as possible it is there it's done it's edited it's ready to go we're just having trouble getting it to go up so that will be up there as soon as possible yeah um, if you would like to reach out to us, feel free. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Theory and Crime. Feel free to shoot us an email if you'd like to chat. That is theorycrimepodcast at gmail.com. Um, feel free to check out our website. That's theoryandcrime.com. We have a corrections email that is theorycrimepodcastcorrections at gmail.com. If there's anything we, which I'm not going to say missed because this was like a short episode, but if there's anything we got wrong yeah, on, a full e- up. on a full episode, if there's anything we missed, uh, but at this point, if there's anything we got wrong, just let us know uh, that that the email Sierra just gave you. And also there's a form on our website that, mm-hmm. that go also goes to that email. If, if that's easier for you, if you go to the website, there's a tab that is, did, did we make a mistake that form that you fill out, kind of tell us what, what we made the mistake on goes directly to the corrections email address. And I will, sh- you know, let, let everyone know the mistakes and I will definitely correct those on the next episode. You know, I, I don't want to spread any misinformation. So, you know, if you guys can let us know when we get things wrong, that's that would be really great. And also check out Generation XYZ. That's my podcast with my friend Chris Wyman. He is uh, at Generation X. I'm Generation Y. We don't have a Generation Z host yet, but maybe in the future. And we talk about cultural touchstones that have kind of spanned generations and how uh, each of us have experienced those things differently based on what our upbringing was. So we, we really have fun with that podcast and we're proud of it. So if you just check that out. Yeah. Do you want to plug uh, Crooked Shelf? Crooked Shelf is in flux right now, so <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, our our namesake of the of the production company, Crooked Shelf Podcast. Um, it's it's me and Alex. We just talk about nerdy stuff. So with Alex's troubles, um, we we're just kind of in flux right now. We're waiting to see what's going on with Alex's life, and uh, but we just wanted to keep theory and crime consistent as consistent as possible for you guys while he's out because honestly theory and crime is the the pillar of crooked shelf productions so we want to keep that momentum going so but yeah i mean check out what we have already up for crooked shelf uh they're fun me and alex just talk about the stuff we enjoy it's just I us was, shooting the shit i was on the most recent episode we yeah. talked about dragon con yeah that that one's really fun um just a short episode where me and sierra discussed our experiences at dragon con we really love it's the I, I want to say second biggest convention in the United States, and it is a 24-hour nerdy rave party. And so we just discuss what it's like to go there. Yep. So if you guys are interested, check those out. Um, if you're interested, support us on Patreon. Shoot us an email. I'd love to chat. Um, comment on our Facebook page. I 
am on Facebook a lot because I'm addicted and I will reply pretty quickly. And Alex gets on there too still and he still engages. So if, if you're trying to reach out to him, feel free to shoot us a message on Facebook, post on our page, whatever you guys like. All right. So this has been Theory and Crime. We will see you next time. This is Sierra. This is Ethan. Bye, guys. Bye.